3: Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite, exploring yoga, as the way of self and God realization. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, and it refers to bringing our attention and our awareness uh, to abide in our essential spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness, to abide in the self with a capital to know our true spiritual nature and live in harmony with it. And today we're going to talk about, even though yoga uh, philosophy teaches that there is only one supreme consciousness and realization of that is the goal, there are many ways to realize this oneness. And the classical uh, schools of yoga include um, different emphasis, different paths to suit the buried temperaments of human beings. So we're going to be looking at these different ways, bhakti yoga, the way of the heart or devotion, karma yoga, the way of selfless service, jnana yoga, using our mind uh, to go beyond the mind and raja yoga using a systematic method for meditation and to have the direct experience of the truth of our being. And we're joined today by Swami Sitaramananda, Uh and she is the senior disciple of uh, Swami Vishnu Devananda and Acharya of the US West Coast Shivananda Centers and ashram. She's also the acharya of the Shivananda Mission in Asia, especially in Vietnam, where she's from. Uh, she met Swami Vishnu Devananda in 1981 and served in the headquarters ashram in Canada for six years um, before Swamiji sent her to many different centers and ashrams, notably in San Francisco. Uh, the center there in 1989 and from 1995 as full-time director of Shivananda Ashram Yoga Farm in Grass Valley, California. She's the author of Positive Thinking Manual, a compiler of essentials of yoga practice and philosophy, translated in Chinese, Japanese, and Vietnamese, and another book called Swamiji Said, a collection of teachings by Swami Vishnu Devananda in his own words. And the website... Um, for the, uh, Shivananda Yoga Farm is just that. ShivanandaYogafarm.org. That's S-I-V-A-N-A-N-D-A-Y-O-G-A Farm.org. Welcome Swami Sitaramananda. I'm so delighted that you're here uh, with us today on the Yoga Hour.
4: Om Namah Shivaya. Um, Umaji, thank you for inviting me. Uh, your words, um, uh, resonate very well with me and um, it's like a sweet words because everything you say is what
3: we teach. Uh, yeah, I suspect that we will have a lovely conversation today and find this deep harmony of yoga that we're sharing uh, with our listeners. So um, we're really honored to have you on Yoga Hour and thank you very much for taking the time to be with us. And before we begin our conversation about these different um, approaches of yoga, let's just take a moment uh, for centering. Let's take a Let's moment take a- now to breathe consciously, to open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, one reality called by many names. Is the source, the support, the substance of all that is. So we can know, we can even begin by imagining or just even thinking about that right where we are, this reality, this divine essence is already present. It is present as you, as me, as everyone, as everything. Around us, within us, between us. So in this moment, think of that one reality. And as we breathe, let's be aware of the breath. Feel the breath. Let the breath be your vehicle to bring your attention within. So as you breathe in, just feel that you are Diving within, into this infinite ocean of divine consciousness that is within you. And as you breathe out, just relaxing, letting go. How simple it is to just pause like this, become aware of the breath, become aware of higher truth, that divine essence, the higher true self surrounding us, indwelling us. And we can notice then, in a moment like this, how we can become the witness of our thoughts and experience them just like clouds in the sky, coming and going, arising, passing away. And beyond that, our true nature, beyond words, beyond thoughts, beyond all change and phenomena, pure existence being. And when we notice that, then peace becomes available to us and we can let it overflow for all beings everywhere. Let's do that. As I mentioned in the beginning, although yoga has one goal, which is self and God realization, the liberation of consciousness from being confined uh, to the wrong idea of what we are as the Changing body and mind. So, so although there's a single goal, there are many paths up that mountain of realization. And uh, classical yoga includes these four major paths that really are about um, meeting the varied, varied temperaments of human being. There's, as I mentioned, bhakti yoga, the way of devotion, the way of the heart, karma yoga that we find through the service, learning how to let go of our attachment to outcomes and to our uh, self as the doer, Yan yoga, in which we use our mind to discern what is real, and raja yoga, which is this path of meditation and other techniques to experience the divine directly. So, Swamiji, what what do you see as the wisdom in this larger path of yoga, uh, as having different ways for people to realize uh, the essential oneness? Mm,
4: thank you, Uma. Um, Swami Shivananda says that we are um, all the time head, heart, and hands combined. What well, that means? It means at all times we have our, our thinking faculty, we think, at all times we are feeling, and we also have the desire to do something. So it's a natural then to combine the different path that would um, lead to the transformation of our thinking, our feeling, and our actions combined. So that's why... He taught the synthesis of yoga, which is exactly what you just said, a combination different, between different paths.
3: Yeah, and uh, it's true that, you know, we, all of those are aspects of our, of our humanity and can be a pathway to the realization of our divinity, and um I find you know, as uh, we're teaching this um, integrated path of yoga for us, it is uh, kriya yoga, which combines all those all those uh elements of you know heart and hands and head um but as we are on that way and we explain you know yoga may be approached through the avenue of devotion or it may be approached through work or it may be approached through discernment or intellect. Um, uh, you know, I find that, uh, and as was the case for me in the beginning, that some people will resonate with one uh, pathway more than another. And uh, do you see that as well?
4: Um, yes. It uh, it can be confusing sometimes for beginners. So what we say is um, we need to start first with what we feel inclined to um, right away. Let's say we have, uh, we have an active temperament. We like to do things without thinking too much. Then at that time, we'll be fit for karma yoga practice right away. Let's say we have emotional temperament. Then we can be fit for the path of devotion back to yoga. Let's say we're an analytical analytical um, person. Then we can uh, be fit for the path of raja yoga. And uh, if we are uh, of a philosophical and intellectual temperament, we can um, uh, practice Jnana Yoga. So that Mm -hmm. is in theory. But when you you practice, uh, I believe that we need to learn one at a time and one very well. All the principles, all the precepts, all the practices of one path, uh, the one that we feel uh, inclined to, and then we slowly we integrate uh, the different practices, and at the end, it doesn't really matter. You don't uh, you don't stop to call it uh, this yoga or that yoga. You just live a yoga life.
5: <laughs> you live
4: divine
3: life. Mm-hmm. So. I think that is so true. It's so well said. Thank you, Swamiji. And you know, it's also I think what happens is, as you say, as we learn one path, as we. Uh, dive deep, um, you know, through our study and our practice of of one way. Um, often, it seems to me that um, it 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 flips into the other. So <laughs> let me let me explain. So you know, say we go the path of devotion. And, uh, you know, we are loving the divine in all, recognizing the divine uh, in all. Then, you know, what happens is the path of jnana yoga naturally appears. And if a person goes by intellect and they're discerning, you know, the truth about life, when there is an awakening on that path, then the heart is naturally opened and uh, bhakti is very natural. So one, you know, becomes yeah. the other. And ultimately, uh, as far as I can tell, uh, all paths, you know, lead also to karma yoga, to serving, because once we wake up, once we recognize God is all in all, what else do we do but serve selflessly? <laughs> so, yeah. You well, know what, uh,
4: um, it is compared to climbing a mountain. So in the beginning, you can climb from this way, this side, that side. Some side is very uh, steep, and some side very gentle, and we can climb. And it looks like it's very different in the beginning, but when we go higher, then all path will meet. All path come closer on top, and then at the top, all path, all path meet. And we can see 360 Degrees around, so that's the idea.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that explains it um, very well. And you know, I also find that um, often, you know, what we think is the, you know, what we initially think is our way. You know, people maybe identify themselves as intellectual or in- identify themselves as emotional, um, and so they, you know, embark on the path. Um, that seems suited to their temperament, but they find, uh, oftentimes, uh, a, a different inner strength. You know, so sometimes those who see themselves uh, as intellectual, uh, as they go in the path of study and practice, uh, find their heart opening and a deep yearning um, for bhakti. It is all very mysterious in that way. <laughs> yes,
4: yes, yes. Uh, I, I notice that too. That means the path mm-hmm. changes.
3: Yes, yes. And could you could you tell us a little bit, um, if you don't mind, about your own experience, um, just you know, finding the path of yoga. And you know, was there a particular way that attracted you initially? Um, uh, what can you tell us about that?
4: Um, myself, I started. Um I was already a, a community organizer, social worker in Canada. So you can say that I started already the karma yoga practice, even though at that time I do not call it yoga. I did not know. And then, um, so I got uh, some experience of burnout because we try to change society and <laughs> help people <laughs> so you get burnout. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so I meet with uh, Swami Vishnu Devanji at uh, one point in Canada, and I realized that he has that that infinite love that is um, quite uh, remarkable and very different from what I know from other people. And uh, so you can say I started then the the path of Bhakti Yoga by, um, you know, getting more focus on uh, this one person that is one teacher that can maybe give me the solution. So then I decided to become a, a staff person in the uh, Sivananda organization and start to serve him. So in all my, uh, at that time, all my uh, focus is uh, doing karma yoga in the ashram to serve the ashram, serve other people, but really is to serve this one person that is uh, seems to be the one that holds the key for everything.
3: Mm-hmm. And... Um,
4: so you can say then, at that time, karma yoga and bhakti yoga combined. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then we, we were exposed to, you know, the practice, the daily practice of hatha yoga, um, pranayama, asanas, and meditation daily when you are in the ashram. So I believe that raja yoga also is very, very important um, foundation of my uh, of my practice hatha yoga and raja yoga we consider to be uh one i mean uh, yoga asanas pranayama and meditation are one practice so we do it daily so at the same time i was uh, serving at the same time i was devoting at the same time i was um, also practicing daily and it helped to calm my mind clear uh, clear all the emotion calm my mind and find peace and find um reconciliation with with, uh, others, with self, with God. And Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, I started studying uh, under him uh, Vedanta philosophy. So then at that time, uh, slowly it makes sense, everything makes sense. And then you look back at your life and you see that everything that you, the periods of your life uh, just... uh, um, um, correspond to a certain level of ignorance, a certain level of uh, <laughs> being there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not yeah. uh, the history of your life is not what you think it is. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the history of your life is the history of your unveiling of the veil. So that time, Jnana Yoga come natural like a, like a guidance to what's next. You yeah, know, what uh, yeah.
3: the next veil that you're going to unveil? Yes, that's uh, such a beautiful description of the way the path unfolds. You know, we, we come to this path of yoga, we, we wake up to this new possibility, this new way of living, um, this recognition, this realization of the divine self. And then we are launched on the path of authentic living. Uh, you're listening to the Yoga Hour and our special guest today is Swami Sitaramananda, senior disciple of Swami Vishnu Devananda and Acharya of the U.S. West Coast Shivananda Centers and Ashram, as well as Acharya of the Shivananda Mission in Asia. Their website is Shivananda Yoga Farm. And we're going to take a break now. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about the uh, emphasis and different uh, approaches of yoga and really how they all meet uh, in the heart of realization and authentic living. We'll be right back with you.
5: Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour.
3: Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien. And today we're talking with Swami Sitaramananda, Acharya of the U.S. West Coast Shivananda Centers and Ashram, as well as Charya of the Shivananda Mission in Asia. Again, their website is shivanandayogafarm.org org so we have been talking about the different um approaches uh that yoga allows you know the way of uh using our intellect or using our emotion our heart or in being engaged in in action and uh swamiji you were sharing a bit about your own story and uh, uh, of finding of course your your guru and the path the way of yoga and as i was listening i thought Oh, you know, this sounds very similar, because for me, there was also that sense of, um, you know, I was engaged in, you know, trying to do helpful things in the world. You know, it was a political time for me, and I had a lot of uh, frustration and really anger, you know, and I thought that... You know, anger, uh, was where I would get my energy that would help me make the change. But, you know, of course I wanted to bring peace to the world. Um, but I, I discovered I really couldn't do it through anger. <laughs> so, yes. so, you know, yoga, when, and when I met my, uh, guru, Roy Eugene Davis, who's a direct disciple of Parmansa Yogananda, uh, you know, he, he really introduced me to the, First, this avenue of jnana yoga, like, you know, who are you really? And yeah. uh, I found that that just uh, spoke to me um, because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. And I didn't know how um, to make the kind of difference I wanted to make uh, in the world. And I felt then, well, first, if I, if I want to change anything or anyone else, first I have to change myself. You know, first right. I have to learn, you know, how to work with my own uh, afflictive emotions. And, uh, you know, as you say, then, you know, no matter how we come in, I think we we find that the steps of Raja Yoga are very helpful because they give us practices, right? They help to ground right. us and, uh, right. you know, open the way for direct experience, Um we're going to talk a little bit about karma yoga, and I, I know you're directing a center there in, in Grass Valley, as, as well as, uh, it sounds like centers in, in Asia. And, you know, when we're running meditation center, karma yoga is really, uh, a big part of the practice for devotees who come. Um, wouldn't you say? I mean, we're all engaged in serving. Um, so how do you find that uh, as a teaching tool at your center, karma yoga, helping people be involved in serving others?
4: Um, for us, it's uh, essential because the whole ashram and organization is run by karma yogis. That means by volunteers. But uh, the word volunteer need to be clarified. Volunteer is a little bit different than karma yogi, I believe. Volunteer doesn't mean that you, you do the work and you are not pay, and volunteerly you offer your time, service, but uh, for really for Karma Yoga to work for you, you, I believe that there must be an element of uh, uh, awareness that what you do is a spiritual offering to release you from your own karma and to be free. So there is mm. some kind mm. of uh, awareness that needs to be there. The spiritual intention need to be there. Um, you want me to elaborate about
3: this? Or? Yes, yes, please. Let's talk about this more because I think this is an area that, um, you know, many devotees uh, struggle with you know especially if you're engaged in being in an ashram or a center you know you're you're giving your time you're serving but if you're not uh, able to do it clearly as a practice of karma yoga you're going to burn out in the same way that you burn out in the world so right. so tell us tell tell us more about how you you see that being effectively practiced in an ashram setting
4: yeah so you have to Mm, do karma yoga but at the same time you have to know that it is not just work Kama yoga is different from work because if you do work then you, you function out of your ego the idea that your skills belong to you the idea that you like to do this thing or you don't like to do this thing and you have such and such personality and skill and uh, then you burn out because you you know, the ego is limited, the skill is limited, the demand might be more than what you can provide, the prana is limited. So right, and you're, you looking, would,
3: and you're looking for acknowledgement and you don't get enough. <laughs> okay, right, right, of course. Then you have conflict with each other as well. When
4: you work with other people, oftentimes you have conflict, you know. Um, they would do something different than what you would like to, or they destroy your work or whatever. So this would this would will, this will create problem. But if you do karma yoga, uh apply it, uh the apply the principles of karma yoga, um which are the uh, non doership or the offering of the results of your work or the detachment toward the results of your work, the evenness of mind in the uh, praise. Uh, have a pure motivation, which is, um, the spiritual motivation to be free from your own karma. So it's a question of karma. It's a question that you are completely aware that you are now, your skill, your personality, who you are is not you. Who you are is just only the result of your karma and your, your body is, um, the embodiment of that karma, your skill, the circumstances of your life are there for you to choose between um, binding yourself more to that uh, so-called self or be free from, from that. Because, you know, whatever work you do, whatever um, result you receive from your work or whatever satisfaction you receive would come to an end. And then there will be the frustration that comes with it. So then you would start to recognize your tenancy, start to recognize your your karma, which is your pattern, your thinking pattern, your emotional pattern, and uh, exactly the circumstances of your life being set up in order for everything to come out uh, as experience. And then at that time you would... um you would uh, be able to learn from the experience, to detach from the, the experience, and learn the yeah. yeah. precious lesson of who are you in reality, and who is really doing everything.
3: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, yeah well, that's you, a beautiful explanation. I mean? And you know, and of course, the Bhagavad Gita uh, tells us a lot about how to practice Karma Yoga and defines Yoga in terms of karma yoga as skill in action, and you have described it so beautifully. And um, and I think one of the blessings of being in an ashram or at a meditation center um, is that, just as you described, we engage in action, and then while we are engaged, we get to see what our conditioned patterns are. All right. And then we have a choice, right? As you, as you described, we can either, um, deepen those samskaras, you know, we can become reactive and act in the same way. Or if we are practicing karma yoga in order to find freedom and skill in action, you know, then we learn um, how to be, uh, even-minded, you know, how to bring in non-attachment and, and so on and so forth. Um, right. you know, what do you find is one of the most helpful skills because you know, if you're practicing karma yoga, and just as you say, it is guaranteed, well, you didn't say guaranteed, but I will say guaranteed that you're in community, you're offering your service, you are a karma yogi, your samskaras, your karma, your patterns are going to arise. Um, and often they do in a way that is, uh, we'll say hot, you know, meaning meaning that it's confrontive. Um, and uh, you you want to react, um, and that's the automatic, you know, the old pattern. So what do you see as a really helpful practice in those hot moments of practicing karma yoga when you want to react? What else can you do?
4: I think here um, the other part of yoga comes in handy. That means that you have to um, do your service but with the idea that uh, all our hands are hands of God and you are serving God. So you don't uh, want anything for yourself. So it's always come back down to the question of the ego. You submit and then you offer and then you practice with humility, offering your action and not just on, only doing action for result. So the Bhakti Yoga need to be. Uh, combined with, um, karma yoga mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. the idea of, uh, the self that don't need anything that is complete, perfect in itself need to be there. That means, uh, the, the jnana yoga idea so that you can really be detached from the idea of, um, who you are and what you're doing because oftentimes the, the ego fan itself and, and the ego want to, um, prove that I am so and so and I have such and such skill. So the detachment idea toward that personality and that action and this energy that is motivating us need to be there. We need to be detached. And um, by by working with other people, you learn, you know, you learn to be patient, to be patient with yourself, to be patient with others. And you also learn that if you can include more the others in your in your life then all of a sudden you have more hands than two you have more head than one you have you know more legs you have more potential and you are not just confined to that one body, two hands that are quite limited and then uh, two eyes and you know uh, one body mm-hmm. then you become a bigger body bigger potential and it's that uh, it's very practically expand you and but you realize a bigger potential, and then at that time you claim less this uh, little self, this little body, this little mind, and then uh, you you expand mm-hmm. by, by that fact.
3: Mm-hmm. And community allows us uh, to do that. I, I, I think a couple of the factors that uh, can be in place that are helpful, of course, is you know if you're I, I find in in practicing karma yoga of course we're going against the stream you know we're going we're sw- in a sense we're swimming upstream against the current right. of conditioned patterns and also against the current of you know prevailing cultural norms you know that would have yeah. us looking for praise and so on and so forth um and there's a kind of um you know, struggle that goes on internally to do this upstream uh swimming. <laughs> but yes. uh, so I think what needs to be in place, and this is where of course our jnana yoga comes in, is is the understanding yes. of why we are doing it. Um, you know, if you understand about karmic patterns and you know that we are in this kind of practice dismantling, you know, our karma so that we can be free. You know, we're not doing it um You know, if people don't understand, then even karma yoga becomes a subtle path of trying to, you know, be, quote unquote, a good devotee, you know, and somehow earn karmic points in heaven, you know, and that's all the same problem, but, you know, just with different, you know, different uh, coloring, different shading. So, you know, I think to understand the deep purpose as a liberation, you know, from these patterns that have driven us. Right. And we don't want to have the same patterns, but, you know, just wearing spiritual clothes. So I think that helps this understanding the purpose of all of these paths of yoga. And the other is, um, I think it's a great blessing, you know, of course, uh, to belong to or be connected to a spiritual tradition, you know uh with the uh, the gurus, the teachers who have come before um we have that uh example that that they have given us and uh and we can be uh in service of the guru um, that helps us to get out of serving ourselves do you Do you find that yes. as well
4: yes it's uh, very important to be connected to a tradition and um what you said, the connection between Jnana Yoga and Karma Yoga, I believe it to be very important because it gave us the, the wisdom uh, to know the difference between, like you said, uh, between our true self and all those changing things of our personality and our mind that is not our true self. So the bottom line is that if we don't have that wisdom it's very difficult to do uh, karma yoga effectively. Of course, in the beginning, we do it out of our, our love and out of our um, the idea to serve. But then eventually, it need to land on this um, idea of wisdom that I'm doing, but I'm not doing anything. I'm doing, like you said exactly, uh, I'm unraveling my karma so that I can be free. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's essential. And then, you know, this practice of doing our utmost, doing uh, the best that uh, we can um, yeah. possibly do without being attached uh, to the outcome. You know, sometimes, uh, that can be a little confusing, you know, how to do that. But the underlying philosophy, of course, is that, you know, we're doing it as a service. We're doing it as offering. So we want to do it in the highest and best way. But ultimately, you know, we're not doing it for ourself. In a sense, you know, we're, we're doing it for God. And so we, we release it because we're giving it. Otherwise, we're not giving it if we don't, if we don't release. So, um, it's, it's lovely talking with you about these, um, different approaches of yoga. And we're, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we can uh, speak about Raja Yoga and, uh, this, this way of meditation and how meditation can be such a support in, um, Practicing the yoga of self and God realization. Um, I'm Yogacharya O'Brien. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with Swami Sitaramananda, senior disciple of Swami Vishnu Devananda and Acharya of the U.S. West Coast Shivananda Centers and Ashram, as well as Acharya of the Shivananda Mission in Asia. And we'll be right back with you for our last segment this morning. Now and then, life is
5: challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises, to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination.
1: This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths Live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today, online at dailyword.com.
2: I'll light a candle in your name. Just like life, Grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Rev. Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. i light a candle in your name. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question... Please submit it via email at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org and we will respond. Now back to the Yoga Hour.
3: Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien and today I'm speaking with Swami Sitaramananda, Acharya of the U.S. West Coast Shivananda Centers and Ashram and Acharya of the Shivananda Mission in Asia. Their website is shivanandayogafarm.org. I encourage you to visit, find out more about their beautiful ashram. And uh, there are also videos you can see of uh, Swamiji on I think probably through their site, but also on YouTube. Um, so Swamiji, we've we've really covered lots of ground talking about bhakti yoga and jhan yoga and karma yoga. And um, we mentioned a little bit, of course, about raja yoga is giving us the practices to make these other ways of yoga um, work for us. You know, because the, through this um, step-by-step methods of hatha yoga, asana, and of course, meditation, um, we begin to transform the body and the mind. And of course, through meditation, uh, our awareness becomes enhanced. So, you know, we, we, we become stronger in um, being able to see what, what we need to do. Uh, what is your thought about, you know, how Raj Yoga supports um, having a comprehensive uh, approach to yoga?
4: Yeah, so when we talk about Raja Yoga, we need to talk about uh, Hatha Yoga. Hatha Yoga uh, is the same as Raja Yoga, but it's, um, the basis of it is working directly on our prana. So uh, with the asanas, we, we help ourselves to um, unblock the blockages of prana. When we do the asanas, and when the, the prana circulated, then at that time our mind also become lighter and we become more calm, and then we get more more prana, and we don't get the stress out in our um, daily life. So the hatha yoga practice is um, very important to increase this uh, prana and to conserve the prana and to be able to channel it uh, uh, properly. So, um, I believe that we cannot talk about, uh, control of mind that is very difficult, the path of Raja Yoga, if we don't, uh, um, if we don't establish our practice in Hatha Yoga. Mm-hmm. So, the practice of Hatha Yoga, uh, daily asana, daily pranayama practice would, uh, help us to uh, eventually concentrate and
3: uh, eventually meditate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I agree in that for me that has always been a part of my practice that daily um hatha yoga and meditation and I found you know when I was a new student on the path and I began you know learning some hatha yoga that I could experience um just becoming calmer and um my attention was better able to become interiorized and so what i yeah. found was that it it became easier to make uh wiser choices for myself you know with yes. with diet and interaction and all those things that come up in daily life you know what what am yes. i going to choose and you know what is in harmony uh with a, a yoga way of life and i found that um Hatha yoga practice gave me the calmness that I needed, you know, to be able to access that. Now, some people, of course, you know, because we have this, you know, quote unquote yoga industry in America, people associate, uh, hatha yoga asana with a vigorous uh, form of exercise and so they feel, you know, it is not for them, you know, maybe they're uh, a little overweight or they have health challenges um, you know, what do you say? If you say Hatha Yoga is for everyone what do you say to people who say, I can't do that?
4: Because I don't understand it uh, correctly, what Hatha Yoga is Hatha is the balancing between the two flow prana, ha and ta Sun and Moon. So the idea is, that whatever your health condition or physical condition, you can manipulate the flow prana to bring the flow prana in balance. Um, and at that time, when you are balanced, then you can find uh, some higher kind of energy, um, and you can access, you know, your 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 balanced uh, self uh, within. So whatever your condition, you can uh, do gentle exercise, you can stretch, you can um, do some posture, but the most important thing is you need to keep your mind concentrated yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, Hatha Yoga leads to the concentration, uh, like you said, concentration inward. So instead mm-hmm. of outward, 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 all the time our mind goes outward and get very distracted then the hatha yoga, the gentle yoga uh, will be able to pull our mind inward to bring up that awareness and that concentration on what is worthwhile, which is uh, our breath, which is uh, uh, you know, our mantra, our own inside of us. Instead of concentrating constantly on something outward that is changing and uh, get ourselves uh, you know, losing more energy, and um, you know, disconnected.
5: Mm-hmm. So
4: the, the practice of concentration of mind is important. The practice of balancing the two flow of energy is important. And the practice of uh, detachment, according to Raja Yoga, the practice of detachment is important. What means detachment means you have to let go of um, all those thoughts that are in our mind that take our attention. And we have to focus on, for example, the breath, uh, our own. So we have to detach. Then you can concentrate. And when we can concentrate, we increase our vibratory wavelength and we would, um, uh, you know, meet uh, our own self, meet, uh, you know, the, the true self, uh, meet God. When mm-hmm. our energy is not so depleted, mm-hmm.
3: Yes. So I think it's,
4: and, yeah. it's, a, it's a, the teaching about energy, how to use energy, you know, what is energy, how to conserve energy. That is the most important uh, contribution of Raja Yoga.
3: Yes. And, you know, um, you know, as we think about Hatha Yoga as, you know... Uh, being um, a foundation for Raja Yoga. You know, I I think it's good, you know, to note and just be reminded that we are embodied beings. You know, we're living in physical bodies and especially in this culture. And at this time, there is all around us, you know, such a great disconnect, you know, from the physical body From the environment uh, that we live in. And, you know, so much living, you know, just in the mind. And, you know, technology, of course, uh, exacerbates that. And so, you know, a practice that connects us with prana, with life force, with energy, that helps us to be consciously uh, embodied, um, allows us, you know, then to to live skillfully, you know, just as we've been uh, talking about. Because if you, you know, ignore the body, um, the the body will um, revolt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, you know, we have too much of uh, either indulging, you know, the body um, or ignoring it completely. And, you know, yoga is all about balance, you know, finding the right relationship, you know, to body and mind so that we can live as the, spiritual beings that we are. We're, we're nearing the time of uh, concluding our program today. So, Swamiji, I want to you know first thank you. It has really been an inspiration and a delight to speak with you. And uh, I want to ask you if you have any uh, closing words that you would like to share with our listeners today about practicing yoga, living uh, a life of yoga. Mm,
4: thank you, Uma. Uh, Maybe just to end, I would say that uh, I will quote uh, Einstein, who said that uh, we cannot change from the same level of consciousness where the problem has been created, something like that.
1: Mm -hmm. That means
4: if you want to to change something or if we have a problem, we have to change our consciousness, then the problem will be solved. So there's always a way out and the answer lies within and all the practices uh, really work together to lift that consciousness change the consciousness and everything will be fine
3: mm-hmm. and yoga really is that path for uh changing our consciousness changing from you know the the ordinary uh clouded uh state awakening state to uh, purifying our consciousness so that the uh, light of conscious awareness, the true self can shine through and we can experience uh, skill in action, awakened living. Uh, thank you again, Swamiji. It was beautiful inspiration. And I hope you'll come back and join me another time on Yoga Hour. I want to remind the listeners they can visit your website, org, and that's S-I-V-A-N-A-N-D-A, yoga, Y O G A. Farm, F-A-R-M, dot org. Uh, And I want to invite you to join me next week for our program, Stronger and Wiser, The Yoga of Blossoming Through Adversity. And I'm going to be joined by author Mark Matusik. Um, he's written a book called When You're Falling, Dive, <laughs> Lessons in the Art of Living. And uh, if you're on the West Coast and you're listening to our shows in real time, Mark is going to be our keynote speaker at our annual Sheltering Tree of Compassion benefit on Saturday, August 8th. So go to csecenter.org to find out about that. Our other programs at the Center, Meru Institute, is open now and accepting uh, applications for the fall semester. Uh, Remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour at iTunes. Let your friends know about it. I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, let your beautiful inner light radiantly shine into the world and share your peace and your joy with everyone you meet. Thank you again, Swamiji. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Omari.
3: Thank you, Jeff, for everything. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way,
2: with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. A ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org.
5: Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you.
1: This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Kupferle's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity.
5: Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice activated technology, available on any Alexa enabled device like the Amazon Echo.